This is Rob Sepich, and welcome to Relaxing with Rob. Can you make most decisions easily, be happy with them, and then move on? If so, congratulations, and you're not going to get much from this episode. But if you struggle with choices, from little ones to big ones, I have an idea that might help. First, some context. You're not alone. From choosing products to partners, our options can feel overwhelming. When your grandparents bought coffee, it was probably a one or three pound can, the red can or the blue can, Folgers or Maxwell House. Now, when you enter a Starbucks, it's not just size, short, tall, grande, or venti. It's hot or iced. And if it's iced, do you want it cold brewed? And it could, of course, be calf, decaf, or half-calf. And if you'd like a non-dairy creamer, it could be soy, almond, or coconut milk. And I'm not even mentioning sweeteners or specialty drinks, which is most of their business. It's just a plain cup of coffee, which rarely gets ordered. How about toothpaste? A researcher noted that at one point, Crest made 85 flavors sizes, and formulations of toothpaste. And because of the explosion of varieties on our shelves, a trip to the grocery store now takes about 20% longer than it did in 1990. In Barry Schwartz's book, The Paradox of Choice, he shared research on the inverse relationship between the number of choices available to us and our ability to make a decision and I'm going to place a citation of his book in the show notes. In other words, the more choices, the more agony many of us experience. And this proliferation can trigger learned helplessness, where we might give up on deciding at all. And as we know, not deciding is still a decision. For example, you're in a store where somebody's offering samples of three jams from a new company. If you stop at the table, you'll likely try all three. Let's say blueberry, strawberry, and peach. And you're fairly likely to buy one of them if you like it. You might really like the blueberry, so you buy a jar, knowing it was clearly the best. But if you're offered seven samples, fewer people are willing to stop, and even fewer are certainly willing to try them all because, you know, That'd be kind of strange. And then even less likely to buy one. Because we're not sure that we found the best one. Maybe you tried the blueberry and you did really like it, but you're afraid that, oh, maybe the boysenberry would be even better, but you can't prove it because you didn't try it. So you'll walk away. Okay, back to your grandparents. And for countless generations before them, If their marriage wasn't arranged, they chose their partners based mostly on location. How else could you meet people from other locations? Okay, who lives nearby? Probably religious and ethnic matches were also limiting factors. And for lots of people, they still are today. But now, proximity is less relevant. With dating apps that permit you to search the world and get to know people online fairly well before you meet them and start 
narrowing your options, there's no excuse. If you work hard enough, you'll find the one, the person of your dreams, your soulmate. No pressure. Do you see where I'm heading? Like many of our advancements, there's a downside. Researchers as far back as the 1950s identified what's called satisficers and maximizers. Satisficers use a strategy, look at some options, make a decision, and move on. Okay, my college has five courses that could satisfy this requirement. See, these two are from professors I've heard are good. Ah, this one starts later on Mondays and Wednesdays. Done. Maximizers also have a strategy. They look at everything. Finding out about the three professors you haven't heard of. Looking at all the permutations of your schedule shifts if you were to take one of those other classes. Texting acquaintances who might have heard about some of these other classes before they can say, done. And here's a further problem for maximizers. Once you do register for that class, you continue looking at those others just in case you were wrong because you could always add and drop. It's exhausting to be a maximizer. And these are the people who seem to suffer from the paradox of choice. If you're a maximizer and you have no interest in changing, there is good news. You do make better decisions than satisficers. And that can feel good. The car you bought later made it to Car and Driver's 10 best list. Your research paid off. But if you're a satisficer, your expectations are more realistic, you're less anxious, and you're happier. Now, in my opinion, these sound like discrete personality types, but I think they probably operate on a continuum. And it's possible to be a satisficer in some areas and a maximizer in others. Like, maybe it really matters to you what brand of shampoo you buy, but for toothpaste, it could be whatever's on sale. My wife and I were both maximizers when we had season tickets to an artist series on another campus. And our friends who went with us were satisficers. They didn't need to hear about all the research we did on the best performances we were about to see, as they'd often say, hey, we've got a babysitter. We don't care where we're going. So here's my suggestion for you maximizers who suffer from too many choices. Limit them. Our economy and our culture will not, so you might try doing it for yourself. And start your experiment small. Inoculate yourself by not having countless options. For example, if you typically do grocery shopping at a supermarket, try going to a small neighborhood store next time. Maybe you like oatmeal and they only have one type. Well, buy it and see if you can be happy enough. Think of the time and the stress you just saved yourself. With a little practice, work up to more important decisions. Maybe what to major in or where to look for work. If you can just view mistakes and detours along the way simply as feedback, you'll be less anxious, which can then make even bigger decisions when the time comes 
like perhaps choosing a life partner or deciding if you want to become a parent a little bit easier. Thank you for listening. We'll talk again soon.